plowing today's message, why churches must feel in Ireland. I did a version of this uh, word, not totally, but a version of it, last autumn at the Arc Ireland Leaders Conference in Dublin. We had about 300 leaders from churches all over Ireland, north and south. And we had a great conference, but I shared this word then, and a couple of people have said to me, um, that I should share it in the church. So I've tweaked it a bit so that it fits in with what we're doing today because where you have stepped in this morning is a church that recognizes not just the intellect, not just the body, not just the soul, but also the emotions. And I am of the conviction that if churches don't allow people to feel what they believe, they're going to decline. And you don't have to go too far to see that. And we're not just doing it because we don't want our church to decline. Praise God, it is growing immensely. But what we want to do is obey what the Bible says. Does it, if you agree with that, would you say amen? amen? Hallelujah. Amen. So I ask you today, Lord, that your word would come alive in our souls. Amen. And that we'd feel it, as well as know it, in Jesus' name. Uh, this is our national holiday. If you've moved to Ireland uh, fairly recently, this is a big week. It's called St. Patrick's Festival Week, starting today. Friday is the big celebration of it. It's also Shachtan Numaelga, which is the week of the Irish language. So if you're wondering what's going on, this is what happens here. This is our culture. But it all goes back to a man called Patrick, who was a historical real figure. Forget about getting rid of snakes and magic fire and green beer and all of that. There was a real guy who at the age of 16 was born again. And if you don't believe that, there are original documents written by him that talk about it. And he knew what it was to have a big change in his life. Um, but he also was a man who knew what it was to feel what he believed. He had been a slave, for example, and when he heard of some people who were kidnapped into slavery by a guy in Scotland, that's one of his original letters, and all you've got to do is read it and sense the feeling of what he knew, he knew what it was to be a slave. And so he pleaded and challenged this guy about taking people's liberty. He was a man who felt, but above all, he felt his faith. Look at this quote from his confession of faith. Talking about the Lord, Patrick said, In his mercy towards me, the Lord came and lifted me up, as if to the top of the, high, the highest wall. And from there, I can only shout out in thanksgiving to him for the great favor he has shown me. Patrick wasn't afraid to shout out his thanksgiving. Are you afraid? Because we shouldn't. This isn't a word of condemnation, it's a word of encouragement. Patrick felt his faith. It's interesting that Patrick had a similar name to a word that comes from the same root, and it's a word from Latin, and that word is patrician. The word patrician means to be reserved and distant. There's nothing wrong with being like that, 
But there is something wrong if in our relationship with God we are reserved and distant. And Patrick was anything but reserved or distant. Patrick was not patrician. When I started out all those decades ago as a pastor here in Cork, I remember an older pastor from another part of the country coming and saying to me, make sure you don't get too friendly with the people in your church. Keep your distance. And this was the philosophy with a lot of people back then. Keep your distance. They'll respect you more. And I remember feeling a bit, bit vulnerable then and having a bit of a crisis because I thought, I can't be like that. It's just not who I am. And, <laughs> and thankfully, I think I knew enough of scripture to know it wasn't really biblical either. So let's take a brief tour in the couple of minutes I have as to what the Bible says about feeling your faith. Well, one of the opening verses I'm going to use from Mark 12, 30, but it's also in Deuteronomy in the Old Testament. It says, love the Lord your God with all, come and say it with me, with all your, all your soul, Do you think that includes your emotions? Yes. yes. Straight away at the beginning, love the Lord with all your heart. When you read heart, it very really means in the Bible your emotions. Now this was so important that it wasn't just said once, it was repeated. Because Jesus says it, but it said it in the Old Testament as well. So this is our benchmark. This is the bar we are called to reach. We are not people with a lukewarm faith. We are not people who are indifferent to God. I visited a church in France a couple of years ago and I was sitting next to the guy next to me and I said to him what happens during the week and he looked at me with a weird look and he said I'm not that into this and I went oh gosh you know do you know what I'm really into this are you why am I into it because I know Jesus Christ has the words of eternal life so brothers and sisters we must feel our marriages there has to be feeling in our marriages. Look what the scripture says in Romans 12, 10. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring one another. Love each other with genuine affection. <laughs> affection isn't shaking your wife's hand, brothers. Can you say amen? amen. Oh, okay. I remember marrying a couple in Wexford years ago, honestly, and I remember I asked the, the groom to kiss the bride and he shook her hand. She shook his hand. What was worse is everyone there thought that was fine. It's not fine. Genuine affection. Take delight in honouring one another. You know, one of the problems I had growing up was my dad would often humiliate my mom publicly. He would drag her down. It's the opposite to what the Bible says. It says, honor, honor. Speak well of your husbands and wives, yes? And take delight in them. When I go home in the evening, I take delight in seeing my wife, Denise. I want to kiss her, embrace her, and do it with a smile. Why? Because I, because I have to, because I want to. And that's the way we should 
feel in our marriages. We have to have feeling in our marriages. And marriage and the family is one of the pillars of the church. So too is friendship. We're called to feel friendship. Look at what happened when Paul, the great apostle, with Luke and the rest of his team, were in a place called Ephesus. And they were sailing away. And all of the people in the church, the wives, the kids, they all walked, Paul and the lads, down to the beach, a place called Miletus, and they were going to sail over to what is today Syria. And this is how they said goodbye. We read it in Acts 20, 36, having knelt down and prayed with Paul, they all wept as they embraced and kissed him. And then they accompanied him to the ship. And after we had torn ourselves away from them, we put out to sea. I'd say they kind of liked each other. What do you think? <laughs> this, I'm not saying this happens all the time, but this was the bar. This was the standard. The early Christians were not afraid to show their affection and their genuine love for one another. And that has to be okay in the church. We're not going to do it with everyone but with those who God knits us together with. So we need to feel friendship in the church. We need to feel worship. What's worship? Worship is many things, but it does include what we just did a little earlier, singing, praise, thanksgiving, and worship and adoration. And we can't just sing the words of a song in a deadbeat, detached way. I would argue we need to feel our worship. There are so many verses in this, I deliberately choose something from the Old Testament so that we can get an idea that even back when it was under a more reserved dispensation, as it were, this is what happened when they were building the temple. Ezra 3.13, we're told as they were together, no one could distinguish between the shouts of joy and the weeping. It was so loud, they could hear it far away. Some people were weeping, some people were overjoyed. The weeping was a good weeping. So if you weep in here, it's okay. Can, you get, can I get an amen to that? If someone needs to weep here, it's okay. If someone wants to shout for joy in here, it is more than okay. Can I get an amen to that? Hallelujah. Some were weeping, some were overjoyed. I remember going to a church many years ago and there was a big sign outside the church, silence as you enter here. Now, there's a time for silence. Of course there is. Even sometimes in church. But it was so unusual in heaven, in the book of Revelation, that it is mentioned that it lasted for only a half an hour. There was silence in all of the time there. So while there is a time for silence, overwhelmingly we're called to feel our worship. And it's not just internal. It begins internally. But sooner or later, it becomes externalized. And that's not a pressure. And that's not a conformity. That's just a liberty. You might be a very reserved person. That's okay. If it's genuinely happening inside, that's good. But the liberty has to be there that we can weep or we can shout for joy and we can praise God. Amen? Amen. We need to feel the Holy Spirit when he moves upon us with gifts of power, as the Bible encourages us to do. Feel the Holy Spirit. One of my favorite 
chapters in the Bible is Acts chapter 10. It's two cultures meeting. And it's a bit like Cork today and Modern Ireland today. Because the Jews, for the first time, had a meeting together with the non-Jews who were known as the Gentiles. And we're told when that happened in Acts 10, 44 to 45, while Peter was still speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on the Gentiles. And the Jewish believers were amazed, hearing them speaking in tongues and praising God. You see, at all levels, people felt the Holy Spirit and discerned the Holy Spirit. First of all, Peter was preaching. Now, he, he spoke a lot, probably a bit like me. And sometimes God has to shut people up, doesn't he? Yes. Denise, that was very enthusiastic. <laughs> In fact, that was so enthusiastic, I'll have to have a word with you now later. <laughs> this isn't to give liberty that someone who's got a big ego and just wants attention can disrupt meetings. That's not what this is about at all. But Peter knew this was such a historic event. He felt the Holy Spirit and he stopped speaking. Why? Because the Holy Spirit had fallen on the Gentiles. This was their first meeting. Maybe this is your first meeting like this. If it is, you are so welcome. We're going to give you an enthusiastic round of applause. Let's welcome our guests. But they, even though it was their first meeting, God had been preparing their hearts all along, ever before they came. Same with me. I came to my first meeting, but God had been preparing my heart for about two years previous to that. And at that meeting, they felt the Holy Spirit coming upon them. And then they began speaking out in a prayer language. The Bible calls the tongues. And then, the, so they felt the Holy Spirit. And the Jewish believers were amazed because they thought it's only us Jews were going to get this. But God is no respecter of people. I used, years ago, men, some men thought only men could get the Holy Spirit. But God is going to give women the Holy Spirit equally to men. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Years and years ago, well before my time, some people thought it was only certain races. But there is only one race in God's eyes, the human race, who will say hallelujah. So they all felt the Holy Spirit. We need to feel evangelism. Evangelism is outreach, telling other people about the Lord. Look, look at this one verse in Corinthians when someone who doesn't believe comes into the meeting. If an unbeliever comes into your meeting and you are prophesying in the meeting, then the secrets of his or her heart will be revealed. He will fall down to worship the Lord, declaring God is really here. We've seen so many people come to faith in Jesus because without any gimmicks, with no agenda, the secrets of some people's heart with respect and with safety, but something no one knew about was revealed through a prophecy given in one of the meetings and they know that God is speaking to them. So we need to feel our evangelism and feel the Holy Spirit and feel worship and feel friendship and feel marriage. God wants us to feel our relationship with him. It is not a dead philosophy. It is a living relationship. What hope has any friendship or marriage or parent and kid or whatever if there isn't emotion involved? One of the most successful businessmen ever, and certainly of his generation, 
who was also known as a philanthropist, someone who gave his money away. And in fact, he gave a lot of money away in Ireland. You can see his name in stone in some old buildings. They were known as the Carnegie Libraries. And Dale Carnegie wrote this, wise man, people rarely succeed unless they have fun and enjoy what they're doing. The tragedy is some churches think having fun is of the flesh. And some of the old Jesus movies, Jesus never smiles. Praise God, the new movies are show a better reflection of that. Actually, do you know what happened? Did anyone here ever see The Chosen? Yes. Yeah? Okay, a good few saw it. It's on Netflix or Amazon Prime. Well, certainly season one. Well, Denise and myself were watching it recently. You don't know this, Denise, okay? So, um, so we're watching it, and I'm watching... Mary Magdalene being delivered of demons and I'm watching Jesus calling Matthew and Nicodemus and we're watching it and I get a lump in my throat watching it and it, it really impacts me and I'm not someone who ever really cries and I certainly don't weep at movies but I'm watching it and I like weep well I like darkness I love the darkness when we're watching a movie or something we turn off the lights so Denise is next to me and we're watching it and I the tears start rolling down my face, so I do that, so Denise can't see me. And it's becoming more and more moving, and it, my nose is getting wet, and, and, and I'm going, oh my gosh. So without knowing it, I said, Denise, I need to use the loo there. And I went out, and I dried up. It really moved me because it showed Jesus in a real way. But I was telling Michael about it there last Tuesday or the Tuesday before in the office, and Michael said, the same happened to me. And I was doing that in case Elmer would see me. <laughs> Do you know, brothers, I don't know, it's the way we were reared. It's like, don't show emotion, be the tough guy. Do you know what, brothers? We need to show emotion. The women are saying amen. Can the men say amen? I'm, the, the, the women are still saying it. Can the men say amen? amen? Yes, loads of testosterone in that. So how do we work this out and make it real? Well, Kairos versus Cronus. Cronus is chronological time. It is now just gone 10 to 11, 10 to 12, 10 to 1. That's chronology. Cronus time. But Kairos is God's time. Sometimes there's a God moment in the middle of normal Cronus time and we need to give preference to the Kairos over the Cronus. Amen? Amen? Because if God is doing something and it disrupts my schedule or our schedule, I know there's reason needed here, but if God is doing it, then let it happen. Because the Kairos is always life-giving and the Cronus and our schedules aren't. So how can you get something from this as I come towards a close? First of all, I'd say to you, find your spark. Each one of us has a different spark that we really feel in our relationship with God. For some of us, it may be singing, worship and praising. For others, it will be intellectual. It's like the Bible verses will come alive and will get us emotional as we hear his word. For some others, it's community. It's meeting friends and hanging out together. For others, it's prayer and knowing that place with God in prayer where we connect with him. For more, it's serving one another, volunteering, helping people. There's a whole way, load of different ways that will be your, your individual number one gifting, number one calling. Find your spark. 
begin there. Allow yourself to feel that, because you're probably feeling it anyway, but don't let it stop there. Then get out your passport and take the learnings from that experience and start applying it to the different aspects of our faith journey through this pilgrimage in life. Bring it to the other areas. So if you love worship and you don't get emotional reading God's word, take your learnings and bring it into that or bring it into volunteerism or bringing it into friendship. These are the various ways we can do it. So in a moment, I'm gonna pray very briefly that all of us find our spark. If this is all new to you, can I invite you? You can find your spark today. Amen. It can begin today. You can begin that deeper journey with God here and now simply by inviting him into your heart. You don't have to join anything. You just have to invite Jesus in and start that journey. And then you'll find your spark and you can have a far richer experience of faith perhaps than you've had before. Final quote. This guy is called Steve Gutzler, very intelligent man, an author, coach, and leader. He says, emotionally intelligent leaders know that their emotions are contagious. I would contend it's even more than leaders. I think it's all of us. If you come into a space like this and everybody is detached and depressed, do you know what? I don't want to go to a place like that. Exactly. No. But if you come into a place where people have a genuine, and it has to be genuine, excitement about being with God, a joy, a love that is genuine without agenda, a peace that is so attractive. That is the empty part in the soul of every human being on planet Earth. And who fills it? His name is Jesus. And when we come in and we're in an atmosphere like that, you and I, our emotions are contagious to others. That's why we have to be intentional. That's why when I come in here, I pray before I come in here and I say, Lord, I want the right heart, the right attitude, and I want to see you so that I can be this way. It doesn't mean you can't weep here. It doesn't mean you won't have down days. This is not some awful law, but your emotions are contagious. So let's be aware of it. Praise God. So we're going to sing a beautiful song. I'm sure you know it. It's an oldie. It's called Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. We're going to sing it and then we're going to close just after that in prayer. We're going to pray for these three things. Could you stand with us, please? Just as we come towards 11. Let's sing the song. We'll sing it through once, guys, and then we'll pray. Open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Open the eyes of my heart, I want to see you, I want to see you.
shared, the Holy Spirit spoke to me um, about the feelings and emotions. <laughs> and for some people, that's a real struggle. Um, and usually, it's what we learn, isn't it? You learn it growing up, you learn it from your family, you learn it from society, whether you're male or female. And what came to my mind was King David. And his family really kind of ostracized him. And he learned to ignore his emotions. And that trauma was passed on to his kids. So when that happened with his children, a serious situation, he ignored it. And he only lost, he should have only lost a daughter, but he actually lost his two sons as well. Um, but I believe here today, whether you're a man or a woman or anything in between, that God wants to heal um, and give you expression to those feelings. They're blocked. And God, as Dad said, he's given us these feelings. He's given us these things, but we've learned to ignore them or we've learned to use them in ways that aren't healthy. And I believe that God wants to free that. He wants to free that up. And what you're feeling, that blockage inside, or to use another word, emotional constipation. <laughs> but it's true. Some people hear God is stirring that right now. And he's saying, I need you to release you from that. And there's a healing in it. There's a healing of the trauma. There's a healing of being ignored. There's a healing of seeing abuse at home or anger or or addiction. God needs to pull that out of you to create the space for you to feel. It's a healing thing. And God wants to do that so you don't pass it on. That you don't pass it on to others and that you don't disrespect and dishonor yourself because when you do that, you dishonor God. So God wants to create space for healing and part of that is feeling. And for some, someone here as well, God spoke to me, you're so caught up in why didn't the other person acknowledge your feelings? Whether that's a family member, whether that's a marriage, I don't know what it is. And God would say this, they don't acknowledge your feelings because they don't acknowledge theirs. They don't know how to do it and what you're expecting from them, they don't have. And you need to forgive them and you need to let it go. But God wants to create a space for healing because you can start to feel then. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tara. So Dara will be around here if anyone wants to respond to that. Dara, are you okay with praying for people? If that's you, please come up and have a chat with Dara. So just before we close, I'm going to pray, maybe for the first time, that you find your spark. So if you've never encountered God in that living way, we're going to pray for you. And then for all of us, that you would know your spark, that you would know and get your passport to the other areas and that God would give us all a liberty to feel what he wants us to do in this day and in this generation. You know what the Bible says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom or liberty. That's what the Bible says. So praise God. Could everyone just close their eyes for a moment on stage and off stage and in total privacy if you've never known any kind of a spark with God, you know he was there. Maybe you know that he's been calling you recently. And this is new to you, but you're willing in a totally private way to respond today. Or maybe you've drifted away from God years ago or a long time ago, and you know he's calling you back. I'm going to pray in just a moment, but just so I'm not praying into the air, could I ask you to slip up your hand and then take it down again? 
as everyone has their eyes closed. Just acknowledge it to the Lord. I see your hands, yeah, and yours, and yours, and yours, and yours. Okay, I think we have five people who've responded to that. Let's pray. Can you repeat after me? Let's pray together. But the five people who put up their hand, it's important you pray this. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus Christ, come into my life. Forgive me my sin. I turn from the old ways. I want to follow you. Will you be my leader? My savior. My friend. From this day forward, let me find that spark of a relationship, Let me find that spark of relationship. And, follow you. and follow you all the days of my life, all the days of my life. in Jesus name, Jesus name. Amen. Amen. amen we give a round of applause to those five people God bless you if you're comfortable with it Mike and I or Dara will have one of these books they're free it goes through seven steps that you take in finding your feet with God. Even if you didn't put up your hand and you're new and you'd like to look at it, we'd love to give you a free gift of this before you go. Okay, I'm gonna pray now that all of us here would find our spark and would be able to get our passport out and bring it to the other areas. So if you want to do that, just to help you feel more for what you love in this life, would you put up your hands? Help me find my spark or else help me bring that spark to other areas of my Christian life that are not as strong as what I'd like them to be. I'm going to ask you to lift up your hands if that's you and we pray now God would you leave each one of us to find that spark and when we find that spark in our relationship with you help us to get our passport out and to go to all of these different aspects that make us spiritually strong and help us to be strong Christians right across the spectrum. In Jesus' name, amen. One last prayer for the day that's in us. I'm gonna pray that whether you were born in Ireland or you moved here, that we would all get each other. Acts 10, the Jews who never understood the Gentiles, the Gentiles or Greeks never understood the Jews, but with Jesus, it was a whole new dynamic. 